Hey everyone, Deadbeat Hero here, back with another episode of Arcade Podcast, a podcast about the art game. Um, today we have a guest that I've been trying to get onto the podcast for quite a while since we got to know each other um, a couple years back. Um, it is El Gerino. He's a visual artist based out of Vienna, Austria, and um, we got to know each other a while back. We have some mutual friends, and um, at a party we ended up talking about all kinds of crazy stuff, and we found a connection with mechanics and uh, motorcycles and robots. He's painting a lot of uh, machinery. I like to paint a lot of robots and stuff like that, so it was just a natural, it was just inevitable that we would end up meeting and um, getting to know each other. And I'm glad we did because he's a really cool guy and he's got some really great artwork. He has a few exhibitions um, coming up and he has one that's going on right now. Um, we talk about all that and I will have some links to his website and Instagram down in the description so you could check out his work. Um, all right, so enough chit-chat. Let's get to the episode, shall we? Um, help me in introducing and welcoming El Gerino. Not live. <laughs> Not exactly live. Not live. So, El Gerino in the house. Hello. <laughs> Finally. Finally we made it. Jeez, how long have we been talking about doing this? This has been quite a while now. A while. But for me it has been uh, same important to find the chance of painting together with you. That's so true. I'm also very pleased with the fact that we made this also happen. That's true. In one day we just knocked that, that wall out. That was nice. We should do another one. I'm perfectly convinced that we really should. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready already. But it's funny how I know you because of my neighbor, and like in my flats, in my building, in the elevator, there's a sticker of yours in the top corner. Like hiding. that's impossible. I yeah. never put it. It must have been my neighbor. Must have put it there. I yeah. don't know. And then I was. He told me uh, this was maybe two, three, four years, maybe four years ago, three years ago, when I told him I was doing like street art and stuff and. He was like, oh, do you know, um, you know my friend, yeah, yeah, you know, or whatever. I was like, I'd never <laughs> heard of a man. I'm sorry. And at that time, I was like, I thought I knew everybody in the street art scene. I was like, must be some toy or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> when your neighbor comes to you and like, hey, have you done? I was like, I don't know this guy. And then, um, yeah, and then I, he, I think he, I saw your Instagram or something. I was like, oh, this shit is good. I think we reached out to you or something. And then we started to kind of talk a little bit. And then I didn't know that you were also Danny's friend. Then we met then for the first time, really. And I was like, dude, this guy's super cool. So, yeah, it worked out. It's just a weird way that you meet someone in the scene that I should have met you, like, a lot sooner, mm -hmm. I feel like. But the same connection happened the other way around, of course. And as we know, our friend Joe, who yeah. sort of connected us, yeah. um, it was the same uh, the other way around with him telling me like, yeah, you know, my my neighbor, you need to you get to know him. He's also into street art. Like, okay, so what does he paint? <laughs> yeah, he has this like, here, well, here, well, um, okay, let me look it up. No, I can't find it. So he's not the best networker on, on, this, on this occasion. <laughs> But still, we managed to... to it, was, it was inevitable it was going to happen, that's, that's for sure. Were you originally from Vienna? Yes. So you were born and, and raised here? Exactly. Where did you go to school here? I went to school at the 8th district okay. um, in the 
Pfeilgasse. So that was elementary school mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, high school was just uh, another few blocks away. So oh, okay. it's pretty much on the, on the edge of the 8th and the 16th district. Interesting. I haven't met too many people who are actually born in Vienna. Almost everybody like migrates here from out in the outskirts from the mm. from the countryside. We're pretty rare. <laughs> and then you also uh, end up uh, studying something, and uh, will be surrounded by so many uh, people from Germany mm -hmm. that your uh, Viennese accent sort of vanishes away. Yeah. And after a while, you will be asked if you are from Germany yeah. or from somewhere. It's, like <laughs> it's, it's a it's very rare to find not even people from Vienna, but also ones that uh, really speak the proper dialect. Yeah. And I can only pretend I do. <laughs> I know about like losing accents, that's for sure. I lost mine too when I moved here. But I was wondering, if, if when you go back to Texas, will there people spot a Viennese uh, dialect in your English? Or nobody's, except for my sister. She's the only one that's really pointed it out that my accent is different. Mm -hmm. But as far as my friends go, I don't remember them ever mentioning it. I don't know if they're just being... I don't know if they... Maybe when I'm around them, it, it kind of kicks back in, like the way I, I speak. But, um, and also, my sister said that when she was visiting me here, and when I'm here, it's like I'm, I'm, my I have a different uh, way that I speak to to people from Vienna, I guess. And I think that she picked up on that pretty fast. So, that's interesting, man. And how is it like all these people coming into into your city? You know what I mean? The, like, like I'm actually from here. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm I'm not too uh, too n uh, nationalistic okay. about uh, the That's Viennese good. identity. No, not at all. Um, I just think that that uh, having a certain connection to the place that you grew up uh, in, of course, like adds layers and layers on top of your experience with the place mm -hmm. uh, itself. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, uh, and sometimes I'm like. I would think I will, I'll be able to feel some sort of jealousy for the wider range of experience that you probably receive by moving from one place to the other and mm -hmm, completely mm -hmm. change the place you live in. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I feel like it's also a privilege of knowing a place that well. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah, having it, having explored it on so many different levels throughout mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. getting older. I think it's nice to have like really a, like a home base that so you could say it's your home, because like for me it's I can't really call Texas home anymore, and I I don't really consider Vienna to be my home. Mm -hmm. So like it's like being between two two worlds, not having a real place to say like this is where I belong, you know. But would you wish for Vienna to become the place that you call your your home, or is there the plan of maybe taking it one step further to another place? I don't really, I don't really have a plan for that. I don't know. I think if it comes, if there's an opportunity, I was talking to my wife about it today. Actually, if they keep calling me back to Texas for for murals and I'm getting work, then we're moving to Texas. That's it. I mean, I don't know. I would love to live in Spain. I think also my wife, but I think as far as Making money with art, I think it's a lot more difficult there, from what I've heard. Um, I think Vienna's pretty good for, pretty open with art. Mm. I think, I, it's a it's a weird a weird thing. I think. Have you ever thought about moving out of Vienna? Not for good, uh, mm. so far. So I have uh, been very fascinated with places I traveled to, and I think that, uh, like the longer I live in Vienna, I feel like the more necessary it is to escape it on a frequent base. So yeah. I would think that 
Vienna is a good base camp to return to mm -hmm. after having spotted that day. crazy uh, wild speed of another like real big city. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Vienna offers you the infrastructure of a, of a city, but mm -hmm. actually also is sort of a village. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially if you go to like New York or, or California or one of these. Exactly. Yeah, we were just in New York this summer, and I think it was Elizabeth's first time, and she was like, Vienna feels so small when we, when we came back. It's like, but it is it is this kind of uh, small city mm -hmm. uh, mentality. Frequently uh, uh, visiting a friend of mine in London makes mm -hmm. me always like completely see the, the, the smallness mm -hmm. while coming back. And the, the craziest contrast was also coming back from, from Delhi in India or or Buenos Aires, mm -hmm. uh, visiting uh, another painter friend of mine, Milu Korec, who's a great artist herself, but like understanding your the, the, this different type of consciousness that you obviously gain from yeah. Gr yeah, living in a place that actually is, is compared to, to European standards, almost a continent. Yeah, <laughs> like just exactly. Just this one single city. It's, it's insane. It's insane. Do you have any brothers and sisters? Or any no, I don't. Okay, so your only child, Viennese only child. Yeah. Nice. Cool. <laughs> Good to know. I was going to see if your if your siblings are able to escape Vienna somehow, mm. but I guess not. Yeah, we won't find out <laughs> ever, <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> and were your parents into art at all? Or did they support you in your, in your art stuff? Well, they were definitely interested mm. in their sort of way. Mm. They were not um, exercising or practicing any sort of art form. Okay. But I remember being taken to museums uh, from from very very early on. Mm -hmm. Then I guess still like there is a big contrast of the of the taste the type of taste you might uh, gain for yourself while working in creative fields yeah. or just looking at uh, them from the outside. Mm -hmm. But yeah, at least this this uh, spectrum of uh, exhibition and um, museum was not too alien yeah, to me. Okay. Yeah, and support wise, I wouldn't I wouldn't think like I don't know. I think it was neither being heavily supported, but mm -hmm. also there was definitely nothing uh, trying to be Hold put you back in, the, in the way. Yes, that's good. But are they um, are they also from Vienna? Or just from, from my father is from Vienna originally. Oh, okay. Yeah, my mother uh, moved in from the from the Austrian countryside. And also, I feel like what makes you uh, the the real Viennese original is that you have to have some like grandparents or great grandparents yeah. generation from Eastern Europe. Yeah. So okay. that completely cr <laughs> uh, uh, completes the package. So you have great grandparents in yes, Eastern well, Europe, whom I never met, but they okay. were from Hungary, oh, as okay. far as I'm informed. All right, interesting, <laughs> nice. And what do your parents do for for a living? They both don't do anything anymore. Oh, okay. They're on pension now. Okay. Exactly, cool. enjoying the, the the easy days nice. from now on. Cool, cool. And do they follow your art at all? Do they like? I think they do. Yeah. Kind of understand what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, as we all have uh, different things to uh, take care of, the, True, the, yeah. like, uh, sometimes the way ways uh, part for <laughs> a, for a certain <laughs> amount of time, but definitely they do cool. um, get themselves informed once in a while. When did you start getting into like uh, your art and stuff? When can you remember first feeling like oh, I think I'm gonna, I think I like doing this or mm. 
I think drawing has pretty much always been some 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 place where I w wanted to spend a lot of time mm -hmm. at like at the at the piece of drawing paper. Yeah. I think throughout my early high school time I was pretty convinced that I will make my way into music okay. more than into fine arts. Mm -hmm. Um somewhere along um, puberty there has been this uh, graffiti wall painting element uh, mm -hmm. coming into my life which I did not in the first place really connect with the concept of art too much okay yeah it makes um, sense but more with the yeah with the with some need of expression yeah yeah and that kept on going sort of parallelly with after uh, finishing high school um, like just having breathed looks into what's what's the offer, what could I eventually do. Mm -hmm. And uh, there I, I stumbled into uh, an institution that was back then called Wiener Kunstschule okay. and uh, was uh, offering courses in all different uh, artistic medium. Mm -hmm. And there was this cool feature that when you wanted to enter this, uh, the first thing you had to do was going through the first year, which makes you go uh, through all the different departments okay. and okay. check out every single technique and, I see, uh, I see. and uh, yeah, understanding what's the, what's the offer from yeah. the institution at first. And there, without knowing anything about it uh, beforehand, I completely heavily fell in love with etching, printmaking, okay. Okay. like uh, the old school technique mm -hmm. of... Rembrandt and Dürer. <laughs> and for some reason, I think it's some sort of uh, material fetishism that completely mm -hmm. caught me mm -hmm. with, the, with the surfaces of the copper plates and mm -hmm. the smells of the ink and the, and the different solvents. It was mm -hmm. magic to me. Yeah, awesome. And there, yeah, some passion started that c keeps on going and still like uh, makes me do a lot of things today <laughs> still. <laughs> but it uh, never really directly connected with this uh, wall painting mm -hmm. strain of passion. So I they see. went parallelly, but they didn't really interfere too much. I see, I see. And you have a, a studio now with like a printmaking studio. Exactly. How long have you had a studio? The printmaking studio, actually, while I was still studying, which was uh, 2000, like I, I made my diploma on the Angewandte mm -hmm. on, in 2015, while mm -hmm. I was still studying, uh, some form of like so, some friends of mine from the former time in art school mm -hmm. have set up the, the the first version of the studio in the meanwhile without okay. me being too much involved okay and so while i was uh, getting finished with the with my studies i already get my got myself involved with uh, this printmaking studio so i joined in uh, around 2015 i would think cool that's a, quite a while then you've had it 2015 was about six years. Yeah, but I also like we had some <coughs> we had some major uh, downfalls as well mm -hmm. as uh, we had to completely empty the studios mm -hmm. a few years ago while when there was uh, the the construction site for the for the metro station. This mm -hmm. uh, like uh, the studio is oh, yeah. right at Pilgrimgasse, oh, and okay. there will be one crossing of the U four and U two. Oh happening. yeah, so, all right, yeah, exactly, Oof. and. And that was quite a hassle as yeah. we already had six tons of steel machinery Shit. standing inside there. And, well, you know how it is to move yeah. heavy machinery. Can't even but imagine, man. That's crazy. It was, that was quite intense. That's yeah. anno <laughs> super annoying. There were moments of panic where like, there were seven people, seven of us, uh, ca carrying the different parts of the mm -hmm. machines. And they're like, let's say, only the... 
the the steel plate on mm -hmm. which you print on like it's just a metal plate that's in the middle of the of the press and wouldn't one of the etching presses and it wouldn't look as if this was the heaviest part <laughs> this one piece of metal has about this like around 600 kilograms and then you try to lift it with those uh, with those the rollers um the, the, like yeah, the, the I know what you're talking about. It's the belts. It's just like the let's call it belts. Yeah, what do you call it? I'm trying to think. Where you can you know, <laughs> like click exactly. Um, I think they're just res restraining belts. I don't I don't know. I'm sure there's a word and I can't think of it right now. And it always happens to me. The plate <laughs> was cutting through those belts uh, oh. only with its uh, own weight with and the then edge. cut into the uh, the the concrete stairs that yeah. we were trying to uh, lift it up from the ground Jeez. floor to the. To the Exit. It was, uh, yeah, pretty pretty intense. Daniel was also part of this operation, and we were just like always exchanging those panic looks, yeah. knowing someone is going to lose their feet or their yeah. their fingers. <laughs> we don't know who it is, but definitely, certainly will happen. Yeah. And then you had to put it back afterwards. Yes. Yes. Uh. Exactly. And I mean, we had also uh, transportational helpers uh, mm -hmm. by getting the very, very heavy uh, parts out this time. Mm -hmm. But uh, we were constantly reminded on this traumatic event of getting moving <laughs> the press in by hand. Yeah. And then, of course, worrying about all the equipment as it's such a like precision tools. Yeah, yeah, and, sure. Uh, yeah, taking it all apart and putting it together is quite a hassle. <laughs> but we, I have to say that the that the studio has actually improved throughout the whole scenario. So mm. getting it back and having the the, the ground floor completely leveled. Yeah. So it used to be two different levels in the studio. Okay. There are now one. You can move things around better. The the rooms are a little taller. Nice. It it actually profited. Oh, that's good. It was mm. worth it then. Yes. Nice. Did you have any other like um, hobbies growing up besides painting? As I said uh, earlier, like I, I was very convinced that I would make it into music uh, mm. in in teenage years, and I think that's some passion that also completely follows me along, and comes in waves. Yeah, but yeah. never completely. Like sound waves. <laughs> sound waves, exactly. What was your instrument of instrument of choice? Hard to say right now. It's mostly guitar. Okay. As uh, uh, a number of friends whom you partly also interviewed for your <laughs> podcast, uh, we meet fr frequently and jam around. And in this constellation, uh, there is a guitar player missing. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, the instrument I focus on the most. Cool. But in the past, I also got to li have like little inside views of other instruments. And I feel like as I'm not doing this with a very professional approach, mm -hmm. and as I'm not trying to reach a certain professional goal with mm -hmm. it, it's quite a, quite an, a playful and, and easy process yeah. of learning a new instrument. So you, how long have you studied like, um, the guitar? Or have you, are you just learning now or... Like, have you? Did you learn how to play at like a official lessons or something like this? I think I had some hours of uh, piano playing okay. from like as a, as a seven year old, mm -hmm. which turned out to be super frustrating very fast, mm -hmm. as I was completely uh, against the concept of reading notes okay, yeah. and wanting to <laughs> only focus by uh, to uh, playing by ear. Making and it's sound, very yeah. hard to find uh, uh, music teachers that support the system, but mm -hmm. most most of them will be strictly forcing you into those. Yeah. system yeah 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 so uh that i abandoned 
mm. after a while. And uh, then there was a, a break of some years. And I think around the age of, let's say, 13 to 14, mm -hmm. I was uh, self-teaching myself uh, guitar. Ah, cool. and, and still had some memories of how it used to be when I was playing around with the keyboard. Mm -hmm. So going back to keyboard once in a while. And then there was also another uh, major step in uh, music development. I figured out, and that's, that's some some um, biographical detail about my grandfather that mm -hmm. I did not know, because mm -hmm. in my uh, memory, he used to be a dentist or some, not a dentist, but the guy who, who prepares the, 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 the porcelain teeth, okay. teeth preparate. Okay, I didn't know there was one person who did that. Um, how how would you call this in well in in German you would call this Zahntechniker so it's okay. the guys behind the the dentist I that see. prepare all the I see. teeth technician yeah would teeth be the technician <laughs> well I'm not sure it's like the person that comes in before the dentist comes in it's like or like maybe after like the dentist orders the, the <coughs> like go ahead and do this and they go in and do it. okay. Mm -hmm. So that was my image of my grandfather mm -hmm. working uh, all his life as this. And then he, uh, on some points, uh, tells me the stories of him being in a jazz band uh, for so many years, like okay. from the 50th, 50s on. Exactly. So some hidden chapter of his <laughs> past. And he was already like uh, way past his 70s, like beginning of 80s probably. And oh. there I forced him to uh, teach me the very basic... Uh, uh, techniques for saxophone playing, but oh, also cool. with this slowly slipping into jazz a little bit more. I see. So this enwithered uh, the, the map of nice. music. Nice, that's awesome. Mm. I've always been a real fan of music, like obviously listening to it, but I've always wanted to play. I think I took, um, I did take a guitar class when I was younger because I told my parents I wanted um, I want to play guitar. You know, I think I was mm. maybe a freshman in high school, so I was maybe like 15 or and uh, one Christmas, my dad bought me a guitar, and I was like super happy. But he bought me a Fender Stratocaster. Mm. You know, it's like it's like I wanted to learn how to drive, and he buys me a Ferrari. You know, it's like fuck, like, okay, <laughs> let's do this shit. <laughs> you know, much. it's like so like <laughs> so I go to this uh, guitar class, and all the kids show up with the acoustic guitars, and I'm there with this fucking electric guitar. You know, and I'm trying to follow but along. Pretty badass. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm but I don't have a, a you know amp or anything, so I'm just like. There's guitars sound great. And I'm just like, boom, boom, you know, because with the <laughs> electric guitar, it has to be plugged in. Mm. But I was trying to learn the chords and I was learning like really simple, like Christmas melodies and stuff. Um, and then I think when that course ended, I just I stopped really following it. And I never really learned, unfortunately. But it was something I really, I also, I still have a feeling like to create music, but I just do it by ear, you know. So I'm just like, I also have like a mini cork. Oh, nice. uh, and I just those synthesizers. Yeah, a friend of mine gave it to me, and I just like would just fuck around with it. I'll plug in like a a, a a tape loop. I'll make a tape loop, and I'll plug it into it. And so it's like making mm. some kind of weird background noise, and I'll just fuck with that. My wife's walked in on me a few times, like just <laughs> like doing some crazy sounds, and it's fun. But I have no like. It's more of like switching my mind to another mm. realm of creativity that I don't get to visit very often, you know, and that's what I like about it. Good job. I mean, it's it's a cliche thing to say, and I think that's always, like, there are so many analogies in, in language when we talk about uh, music and fine arts, uh, and that can also maybe be a little bit over uh, overused or mm -hmm. over, mm -hmm. uh, overdone. Yeah. 
uh, still, I think that like the, there are so many obvious similarities uh, when it comes to composition and colors mm -hmm. and we, however we which want to, uh, parameters mm. we want to use. Mm. But then again, I think that what makes it so attractive to use uh, music as a, as a place to escape is the fact that it's such an ephemeral phenomenon yeah. compared to, for example, like working in oil color, uh, mm -hmm. e either in print or paint. Mm -hmm. And you know that what you have just done has the potential of probably lasting for some 500 years if mm -hmm. it's well-preserved mm -hmm. and uh, creating sound that just like happens at the very moment yeah. and then disappears it's such a yeah beautiful contrast to the to the opposite craft it is that's true there's been many times where i've been like doing my crazy wah wah like <laughs> synthesizer craziness and i'm like ah oh, i should be recording this or something but i have nothing plugged in i just i'm just listening to myself i just enjoy it for myself you know mm -hmm. in that moment and then i lose it because i can never get back to that one position i had because i've already gone too far to another realm you know it's a, it's it's fun to play with but yeah i can see um where this interest in, in music and, and art intersect in this way using the full spectrum of creativity in your brain mm -hmm. it's pretty nice so how was this year for you so far this 2022 2022 2022 it's almost over man mm -hmm. it's crazy yeah I mean, obviously, it was a pretty difficult time for you. <laughs> yes, <and actually laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it was uh, compared to to other years. Even though, I mean, like from the very start of this whole pandemic, I would think that we have all been pretty much challenged. But I think 2022 definitely deserves the the <laughs> title of the most, uh, let's call it exhausting year. Yeah, I would so say far, so. Yeah. So, do you want to explain a little bit about uh, what happened and? Or would you not? Do you really want to talk about well, it? Well, yes, it's, uh, I'm not being too, secret, too, 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 too secretive about it, but also uh, we probably uh, will find uh, more cheerful topics <laughs> to go through. I think it's interesting. I think maybe there's a lot of people who know what happened mm. and maybe people don't, but and there's many people who know that don't, haven't heard it from you, what, what's, what happened, mm. and maybe it's now the time. This is where the numbers get up. This is where people listen. Oh yes, they're the scandalous. For this. <laughs> this is why they're on. That's why they tuned in. We want some action going on. Tell us, tell us the gory details. What would you do if you wake up and suddenly? <laughs> oh my God! What just happened? <laughs> You've got a titanium spine. Oh, oh no! Actually, yeah. Oh no! Why did you do this? I slipped and fell on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> My life is over. Yeah. Luckily, it's not. <clears throat> yeah, but it true. has been very dramatic, though. Yeah, it has. So you were on holiday, exactly in Croatia. Yes, in Croatia okay. with we're a good having friend Croatian of mine. beer right now too. By the way, so this is kind of it gives me very, very uh, is questionable. Is it bringing you back? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, I, I thought you had this all planned out. In order <laughs> I did. To <laughs> I'm not that clever. Trust me. <laughs> I just had extra beer and just happened I to be from Croatia. I will try to trust you. <laughs> Let me see if I can. M muster up some of these gritty <laughs> details. No, go ahead and <laughs> say. So you were in Croatia having yes. a great time. You were with friends. Actually, yes, I was with a good friend of mine, uh, <coughs> Christian, who's right now also recording uh, for his podcast. Uh, oh, really? So if we wouldn't have uh, done this, I would uh, try to witness his live recording uh, that's oh. happening. Yeah, in another district right what's, now. What's the name of his podcast? I'll, I'll bleep it out so nobody else is not. What's the name so we can we have to promote it? We have to yes. promote. Uh, his podcast is called Kunst und Klischee. 
Künstler Klischee. Yes. Okay, and it's on um, Spotify and all this other stuff. Okay, yes, cool. Okay. It's in German. It is, and also it's uh, interesting. Same as uh, your podcast, as the Viennese scene. I would think is quite possible to overlook after a certain amount of time. No yeah. matter what uh, chapter of a creative field you look into, mm -hmm. after half a year, you know those. 35 people yeah. that are the major pe people Players, around yeah. and then mm -hmm. of course it takes years and years to know uh, so much more in detail but uh, <coughs> I enjoyed a lot listening to uh, some of the people that you interviewed so far as some of them have been people that I re sort of really grow grew up with mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. from the very past and that's sort of also unfair as I should be more interested in the stories of people I haven't uh, met yet <laughs> but still I end up listening to people uh, that yeah I know very well Yeah, and uh, it's the same with this uh, podcast by Christian so after a, a certain while uh, of listening to uh, him talking to people that I also know uh, yeah. very well Well, it's such a cozy, <laughs> familiar atmosphere that yeah. sort of gets created by I that. can imagine, yeah. Uh, if I had friends on a podcast, that I would definitely, yeah, uh, I would be the same way. So I have to check that out, though. So yeah, he's got a podcast. You were with him in Croatia? We were in Croatia. And okay. I figured, like, retrospectively, I think that uh, the, maybe the main problem that got me into trouble there is the fact that I'm so not used to having genuine um, holidays. So I like to uh, travel a lot, but mm -hmm. usually it is combined with some sort of little project that I put up for myself. Okay. Um, and I either, like, I'm invited to do this and that, or I go somewhere in order to maybe have the possibility for myself to, I don't know, draw on the streets. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, keep it simple, but yeah. something uh, has to happen. And that was after quite some years, the first time I tried to just relax. Yeah, yeah. And that's where the <laughs> devil waits for you. <laughs> Idle hands, man. <laughs> the devil's playground. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, yeah, the first time I tried to get into the uh, ocean, it was a very slippery, rocky uh, surface I tried to uh, cross, and I just slipped and fell on my back. And uh, some days later, got to learn in the AKH back in Vienna after mm -hmm. driving back myself and yeah. like handling the, the, the luggage. And you, stuff. But you drove the same day back? Let's say <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because like, it's so, it's so half, uh, hard uh, after injuring yourself to really uh, know the severity yeah, of like, it all. Yeah, yeah. And I had the feeling that it's just like this uh, prellung, like how do you call it? When, when you just like hit something yeah. hard and you get a bruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. This could be something that now happened on my back. And, and it'll, uh, go, it'll, get, it'll get better after some time, uh, some, yeah. some beers and So we were pretty stuff. much hoping for this uh, to get better. Scenario. Exactly. <sighs> Yeah, but how can you know? I mean, especially with such like a minor accident, you know, mm. it's not like you fell off of a building or something or or fell off of a boat or it's like you just fell on your back like like a normal And old man, you know, does like That's <laughs> such a that's <laughs> such a rough thing also because like I would want to have so, a way more uh, spectacular story to tell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit embarrassing that there is not more action involved in this. But it's um, also super fucking fascinating because it's like, shit, yeah. what was he doing? Uh, he just <laughs> fell flat on his back on a rock. Just like, <laughs> and the rock was like, no, it not was at all pointy. Flat, yes, completely. Totally flat, no problem. <laughs> you, you know, comfortable even if you were to lay on it. You know, Very it's true. like a really nice rock. Really, okay. Wow. It's like, that's interesting. 
Rudi, the motorbike friend that we both know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when he uh, got to know us, I have to say this first in German and then try to poorly translate this. Yeah, please. First time we were on the phone after uh, he got to know about this whole accident thing, he was uh, saying like, Was muss ich hören? Du bist im Titanclub, aber zu Fuß, das ist unehrenhaft. So trying to translate this for you is like he complains that I now also joined the Titanium Club, but I joined it by feet. That, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not honorable. I, that's <laughs> awesome. He is such a racing veteran yeah, that like yeah. one third of his body is also now consisting like, of titanium, like a, but like he really like went for it <laughs> and he crossed the... He, he earned it. Exactly. He's and like a, I he's, just he's got like this. T-100. <laughs> yes. Cybernaked organism. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Man. And so I got uh, the, like the present uh, coming back from Croatia and learning that I broke uh, three of the uh, vertebrae. Vertebrae? Yeah. Is it vertebrae? Is it already Verte- vertebrae is um, plural, I think. Yeah. Okay. Coming back from Croatia, learning that I broke three of the vertebrae, <laughs> I um, got, got the, pr- the the coming welcome back present of a. Uh, Seven-hour surgery and a kilogram of titanium that now supports my spine mm. and slowly makes me come back to life with a lot of physio and training. Yeah. And yeah. How was it um, after when you've realized how the severity? Like, how did you how did you cope with this? Like, was this something that you felt like, what do I have to do to get back to where I was, or were you just like? Okay, fuck this, I'm, I'm done, just fucking... Well, the, 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 the craziness about the situation was not necessarily like the s- severity I was informed ab- about or, the, or the, the, the actual pain that happened in the very moment, but it was more like the uncertainty that w- was still uh, mm-hmm. surrounding me. So they, they, uh, are, they are the people from the hospital mm-hmm. and they are obliged to completely tell you about all possible scenarios mm-hmm. that you could be going through as it's not their responsibility mm-hmm. if you have uh, not known about this. Yeah. Um, so they, 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 from the very moment, offered me different sorts of uh, surgery that I could now decide for and mm-hmm. all the options that, mm-hmm. that, that this surgery could lead to. And the, as the fucked up uh, thing is that the heart and the lungs are pretty much connected with the uh, Brustwirbelsäule, mm-hmm, so the mm-hmm. spine on this uh, section. So it can uh, lead from not waking up from the anesthesia. Mm-hmm. Anesthesia. Anesthesia. Um, or waking up paralyzed or uh, waking up in all different sorts of scenarios. And they have to go through those scenarios so many times with you. So you definitely understood, even though you're already on heavy painkillers, but they need your signage there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the the uncertainty of of not knowing which scenario I'm actually facing there, Mm -hmm. that was the the most um, terrifying factor. So it took quite a while, also after the surgery, coming back from this, to really grasp what just has happened mm-hmm. and which crazy options I was just like avoiding with millimeters of precision of the surgeons that I'm so thankful yeah. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to really trust that they know that they're cutting the right. But what great yeah. job did they do? I mean, I know, I'm man. sitting here now. You're like uh, almost half a meter taller. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> can shoot missiles out of my shoulders. So yeah. what should I complain about? War machine, man. That's mm. awesome. Yeah, well, I'm glad to see, like, I, I was happy to see you walking around again and like... 
And you know that our painting at the Uppenplatz was the first time of me being out uh, doing wall yes. painting again. I was really honored. I was really honored by that. And it was really a cool piece, like just this destroyed robot and repairing itself was like a, I think the perfect, um, yeah, a theme for this mm. piece. And yeah, and you handled it like a champ. I think we painted four or five hours or something like that around a bunch of drunken um, <laughs> homeless people. <laughs> Even though once you were not looking, I was always taking seconds of break that, of course, did not uh, show officially. But I, yeah, you did not see me lying down, but I did. Okay. <laughs> It would have been fine. I wasn't <laughs> expecting you to go with, like, <laughs> like full force the whole time. But um, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was easy. No problems. You have to do it again. I'm definitely up for it. Just stay, stay out of Croatia. So yes, my, my only advice. Slippery surfaces in general will be something that I will be wanting to avoid for mm -hmm. a while. Yeah. But then on the other hand, uh, knowing that um, yeah, there have been like some risk have to be, be taken for mm -hmm. some sorts of pleasure that you only get uh, as a reward for this. And yeah. uh, I think it also like the... the The moral of it all mm -hmm. does not necessarily have to be like I super have to uh, take care of this and this and this and that yeah. because it was not even reckless behavior yeah, that brought I me know. in this situation. You can it could be anything. Absolutely, it breathing could, could be the next thing. That <laughs> that's yeah. that's fucking life, man. It's just See? how fuck it goes. Just hits you out of nowhere. You have to just fucking adapt. Keep fucking going. It's mm -hmm. just that's just how it is, man. And it's and life is more than happy to remind you of that <laughs> on a regular basis. But um, it's stuff like that that changes you, I think, mm -hmm. a little bit, like how you perceive or how you like the decisions you make in the future, and not just about being like safe or reckless, but just about like how you approach life in general. I think. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. This um, is something uh, that changed. I would definitely uh, yeah. agree with you. And then also, and that's that I wouldn't uh, necessarily only bound, like bind to injuries or to like events like this, but I think if, if something hits you very hard and you end up being in... So oh. <laughs> if, if something hits you very hard and you end up being in some sort of uh, crisis scenario... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then you also get to learn a lot about yourself and about the the, the coping the strategies and your and your very limits. But yeah. also you learn so uh, much about your direct surroundings, and mm. that's something that I cannot uh, uh, like talk talk enough about. Like the the way I felt um, held and and supported mm -hmm. by my by my yeah closer surroundings and yeah. people yeah, yeah. I spent my time with was just so amazing and mm -hmm. um, moving. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. Yes, sometimes that happens for some kind of crazy reason, and maybe you don't know it right now, but um, it's just, yeah, you can't you can't really plan for that kind of shit. It sucks, but... Is there some some moment of crisis that you can recall for yourself where you feel like that's the... That's the, the, the catalyst? Mm, one of the breaking moments where you sort of <laughs> understood... Yeah, on, honestly, yeah, I don't really talk about it that much, but yeah, that's definitely something that happened to me. It wasn't like breaking my back, but it was like breaking my mm. heart and my mind at the same time. It's like splitting everything. Um, unfortunately, I have no titanium in me to <laughs> bring it all together. <laughs> Wait, g give life some time. It will also give you titanium <laughs> if you need it. I'm sure. 
I'm sure. But but what I found most impressive uh, about this story is the fact that you're telling me about this like very low point that you you're facing, and then from this making the decision of moving to another completely different part of the world. And that's like just trying to relate it to my story right now. That is, uh, yeah, almost shocking as I feel like uh, without the social network, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I did not even know I had to this degree. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really wouldn't have make, made this yeah. scenario. Yeah. How, how <laughs> does it work out so to, to, to face such a uh, terrible um, scenario and... And, and, and then making the decision of moving away from the safe haven? I think I went insane really, really quickly, mm -hmm. honestly. I think I just, I just kind of, I, my, my brain totally switched, you know. And I think it also helps that I, I moved around a lot as a kid. So I think starting over for me just seemed like doable, I guess. Because I was always used to being in new places and, and meeting new friends and stuff like that. I didn't realize how difficult it would be because it was really difficult. But being away from 5,000 miles away from from your family and friends and being in a place where nobody gives a shit <laughs> that you're even here or, like, nobody. I mean, it, I wasn't expecting that everybody was going to, like, welcome me with open arms, but it was still, like, I thought it would be a little bit easier. But I didn't realize. I was insane. I was just an, an insane person. I, I didn't realize, okay, Different money, different language, uh, different people, uh, different climate. Uh, you're, it's like and you're going to another planet, basically. Mm -hmm. But at the time, that's what I needed, you know, I think. Um, and the Viennese uh, culture, this uh, very closed-off culture, actually, in a way, helped me to, uh, I don't know, to kind of be okay with being by myself. Mm -hmm. Nobody gave a fuck And so it kind of helped me to just kind of be in my own bubble and work shit out in my, in my, by myself, you know. Maybe also as the Viennese nature has such a, a strong melancholic drive mm -hmm. to this, so you just don't stand out too much no, no, for no. like having those days. <laughs> it, it was actually quite perfect. It was like, uh, it just kind of happened that way. But uh, I don't regret it, you know. I think it was um, something that, that had to happen for me. But yeah, it's just... I'm still here, so obviously worked out. I never think about moving back. I, I love going back, but I never think about moving back because it's just not not the same. But it's like uh, you probably won't go back to Croatia anytime <laughs> soon. Well, not tomorrow. <laughs> maybe the day after tomorrow. Then <coughs> you make it back. Maybe just maybe this has to happen on some point, like to revisit the actual spot and taking a a good dive into this uh, piece of ocean. At the very mo uh, spot there to know that it's <laughs> definitely now, like... Um, I don't recommend that, actually. <laughs> well... <laughs> Did you hear what happened to El Gerino? <laughs> he went back, fell on his face this time. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but yeah. <laughs> Then again, like the, the titanium um, plan is still to be followed yeah. all the way through. Yeah, yeah. And as I'm such, as you know, I'm such a, a great fan of machinery uh, of course, in general. Yeah. That's what I also had in mind while uh, laying at the at the AKH and uh, yeah, recovering from this from this surgery thing. Like, if I ha wouldn't have such a great um, 
relationship to metal already mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. metal parts in general <laughs> fascinating for such a long time yeah. already so maybe this would be such a psychologically so much harder to really to cope with mm -hmm. not uh, being drawn to the material itself so much yeah yeah that's that's definitely i could see that i could see you being like oh, you know now i am the metal and the metal is me mm. it's like i understand that for sure yeah we come together so often yeah exactly <laughs> But that so since you came back from that, how's it been like getting back into the rhythm of you know your daily life and stuff? I wish I could say that I uh, I saw the light now and I made all the different uh, like I, I I flipped all the switches and mm -hmm. now I'm on the right uh, track for myself. But what I would uh, more witness is that I feel like I really had some some major understandings. But they're so hard to apply to everyday life. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, I don't want to. I, I don't want to seem like I've really mastered this. Mm -hmm. But, but, yeah, one one big factor definitely is the is the gratefulness for the for my social network that I really underestimated before yeah, yeah. going through this whole thing, mm. and being grateful for this and trying to give back uh, as much as. Um, uh, support and stability mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. hope to achieve mm -hmm. in the near future and then again like yeah all the all the different factors is of that of course will still continue to play a role but I, I want them to sort of like be how do we say there are those huge longings that always mm -hmm. keep you going and you want this and that career and you yeah. want this and that achievement yeah. but then in the end th those are not going to like those achievements are not yeah. going to sit next to your bed and listen yeah. to you cry yeah exactly but people will and those people the, the realization things mm. which you're looking for yeah, to, to, to realize these these goals and these dreams that you had or like this or yeah but like let me try to put it differently Certain goals and topics that you that you uh, were so convinced that are the most important mm -hmm. to you and your life, mm -hmm. uh, from one moment to the other, turn into a detail and a yeah. very banal detail as well. Yeah, yeah. And so I wouldn't think that I'm now able to completely cut them out of my life, but I mm -hmm. will give them different value. Got you. Yeah, I understand. That's what I'm what I'm trying to achieve here. Exactly. And uh, as far as getting back into your art and stuff like this, mm -hmm. how was this um, process? I feel like that is a total blessing of how this uh, just went on since I uh, got back from the from the hospital as all the different possibilities of uh, of presenting my art and the next like there's right now an exhibition uh, at the Schwertgasse mm -hmm. uh, that will still be lasting until the 13th of January oh, okay. I think. Is this the one from Friday that you invited exactly. me to? Okay. Yeah. Sorry I couldn't make it. I just got <laughs> no back no from problem. I just got back from Texas like the day yes, before. Yes, of course I know. So I was like totally I'm still getting over the the jet lag stuff. So. I would I would not make it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm completely yeah. fine with it. But how long is it going on again until until the uh, 13th of, of uh, January? Of January. Okay, great. Exactly. Great, great. And then there will be the the next exhibition uh, starting on the 16th of December, mm -hmm. going to the, I think, 22nd of January at the Bildraum Studio, that's in Ankerbrotfabrik, okay, yeah, in the 10th awesome. district. And also here, the like the, the social surrounding of mm -hmm. the whole uh, process mm -hmm. is such an adorable group of people. Awesome. So I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't think destiny, but like some, some good spirit um, um, put things in order. So I have the possibility of really working with uh, very, very pleasurable 
individuals cool. around myself. What kind of stuff are you showing? At the 26th gallery mm -hmm. at the Schwertgasse 4, um, there is, it's a group show. Mm -hmm. and I'm showing some canvases with some machinery work. Okay. And uh, <laughs> But in the Ankerbrotfabrik on the 16th of December, mm -hmm. uh, I will be presenting uh, the Young Prophecies series. And there's a series where I'm uh, reinterpreting my own childhood drawings. Oh, okay. That's Interesting. That's something I also cool. do for quite a while. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Do you also show the their, their drawings or are these private? I tend to not show the, the original the drawings as okay. then it, it ends up being like a searching game of, mm -hmm. oh, so that's the start of it and that's where it <laughs> went to. <laughs> but of course, you will be seeing different uh, steps and scenarios as I'm usually uh, starting to translate them from one medium mm -hmm. to the next one, mm -hmm. but continue doing this in order to like get a, a deeper understanding of the actual character characters and figures uh, that come that yeah sort of grow out of the uh, very early drawings of mine cool and yeah i would think that uh, with the with the additional topic of ears mm -hmm. that i would definitely ah, also yes. need to invite you to uh, be a part of it you've mentioned this that's right that's right yeah I'm, so I'm willing to yeah for sure but th those are i would think my three uh, topics i'm still and currently working on cool and still printmaking and stuff like that, of course. Exactly. Yeah. But the printmaking, again, it's only a technique mm -hmm. that, that I uh, then dedicate to uh, searching or researching deeper into those topics. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> I, wish, I w would also wish uh, for, for you maybe to come over to the printmaking studio and uh, yeah. getting you involved with those techniques. I have no idea and no clue how much you would uh, also... I would love to see it. This, I would love. I would love to see it. Yeah, I'm now kind of looking at trying some different techniques and different stuff. <clears throat> you already do have your own printmaking studio, so why uh, would you want to uh, come what, over? Maybe the. What the, do you mean, the screen printing? The screen printing. Uh, that's not mine, though. That's why. It's but I saw your screen uh, being the robot. The yeah, he's he's printing it for me. So, but I'm working in collaboration with him with that. But uh, I used to screen print back in Texas. Also, I had a single. Uh, you know, a single um, screen um, presser or presser, screen printing machine I had in my garage and I printed a bunch of T-shirts back then. But uh, I really got into it for, for a little while. Um, I don't know why I stopped. I think I just, I love making something from like taking an image. I still love to do it. I take it, taking an image and making something from it, you know, not just from my iPad or on a piece of paper. It needs to be on a shirt or a sticker or mm -hmm. on a wall. Or it has, it's like the final destination is like, it's got to be, if it can be worn or something, I'm like super happy. So screen printing was also like a big favorite of mine, but didn't really pursue it too, too much. Mm -hmm. It's also because it was a little expensive, you know, after I sold my equipment, I was like, fuck, I have to buy all this stuff again. It's already like four to six hundred uh, euros just to get you know all the equipment and and the squeegee and the paint and the flash dryer and all this stuff and then you have to try to get your money back after the first and hope that shirts sell and <laughs> stuff so i just never really got into it too much but now maybe i get into it again i don't know because i'm enjoying like giving this guy my designs and he's burning it and he's putting he's printing them and i don't know who knows maybe i'll start to do them also i'm not sure but yeah it's fun Good You're stuff. very, very warmly invited to uh, come and check out our studio. Thanks, man. The Grafik Kinder Studio right next to the U4 station Pilgrimgasse. Okay. 
And yeah, I would love to go. Are you there on Saturdays? Sometimes we will just uh, make uh, arrangement. I don't have a regular working hour. There is Katharina printing for her T-shirt label, and mm -hmm. that's probably something that could also uh, be very interesting mm -hmm. for you as she has those four-colored um, rotational uh, machine. Got you, got you. Let's check it um, out. Yeah. Right, have you thought of, have you done any um, merchandising with the printing, like shirts and stuff like this? Not or? Too much. Like I think I I printed a series of stickers, mm -hmm. maybe also the one that you saw that <laughs> <Probably>. chose <laughs> elevator. That but mysteriously showed up there somehow. Someone, yeah, don't know. Could have got it, <laughs> but uh, those I think I I, I printed in uh, six green, but it's uh, not really my 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 favorite technique. Yeah. Even though I really uh, appreciate the results, but I think it does not perfectly go together with my approach to to drawing mm -hmm. which i always mm -hmm. try to sort of get through yeah. and that's also what i uh, what i observe myself doing in oil painting mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. even though you might not spot it in the very first moment but i feel like i'm always drawn to how can i translate drawing into a different medium yeah. more than create a genuine mm -hmm. oil painting from the spot have you ever tried um, stencil work or anything like that a little bit, yes, but I, I must <coughs> say that it was mainly a thing that I was training uh, to do for workshop situations mm -hmm. uh, in order to teach uh, others, but it hasn't been my um, primarily, primary mm -hmm. technique so far. Yeah. I think, again, like as I, as I really uh, enjoy so much the plasticity of, of things, like mm -hmm. the, to shape uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. figurative objects, yeah. Um, like the silk screen uh, as well as the stencil technique uh, is this too uh, flat dimensional of, um, yeah. of, of technique for me yeah i feel you i've been finding myself wanting to do more sculpturesque type work you know for sure so it started with the helmets but now it's like really um thinking about uh taking old toys and just mashing them together and creating like uh, crazy sculptures with it. I've mm -hmm. been thinking about this quite a bit, but then, yeah, but I've, you need a lot of time. And then at the, at the end, it's more of a hobby because I don't know who would really want to own this kind of stuff. But couldn't you imagine that this also could have a, like a deep influence on your uh, painting technique or, or, or um, content? Uh, of your work so maybe like sculpturing the object first and then mm -hmm. having it as a starting point for the next uh, mural to happen or the can next canvas could also be yeah i have to get to that point first i guess and try try to do it uh, it's definitely already kind of uh gave me motivation in a lot of my my illustrations like actually building the helmets gave me a better understanding of the shadows and like or how it would lay, and then I started to really exaggerate it more in the drawings, and I haven't translated that to 3D yet, you know, because now I really bring the sides of the helmets out, almost like tusks, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, I want to try that with a helmet one time, but um, it's gotten a lot more cartoony <laughs> as, as it's gone along. But uh, I, for a while, I was just trying to go more minimalistic with them, like really simplistic and straight lines and stuff like that. But now I'm just kind of getting goofy with it. And yeah, you never know. It goes back and forth. But I have fun like trying to find stuff at like uh, at these cheap stores like Teddy and stuff like these cars and trucks and repainting them like to make them look like they're all damaged and been sitting around and have like graffiti on them and stuff. 
And again, it's just for me because like I take cool photos of it, and if somebody wants to buy it, cool. But I just love to weather and distress like these kind of mm. toys because they're so nice and shiny when you first get them out. It's like no, let's get these. <laughs> yeah, this let's get it rusty. Let's get this gritty man. Let's get this <laughs> gritty city. So yeah, I love doing that too. But where that goes, like I know, like I've, as far as my art process goes, if there is a process at all. I know everything is not done in vain. You know, I think everything relates to something somehow, you know, so it's not always like a waste of time, even though I sit there and I'm like, maybe I should have done like three other paintings um, instead of been working on this uh, proton pack for three weeks now, <laughs> you know, it's like, but it all relates. There somehow. is no waste of time ever. I know, I know it isn't. With proton packs especially. <laughs> I know there isn't, but it's uh, in my mind is always telling me like make something that's that somebody wants to buy, you know. Especially living as a as a freelance artist, it's like those bills, man. They're they're real. Those bills are real. I know about the real bills. <laughs> Don't you tell me. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. That's just how it is, man. So yeah. So yeah, we could just dive into that topic as far as your two uh, personas, I guess you could say. Hmm. All right. Uh, you have El Gerino, then you have the Altman. How do you say it? The Jeremias Altman, but actually Jeremias like this, this first name of mine has been pronounced in so many different ways already. So I think there is no uh, there is no wrong um. <laughs> there is a wrong way, trust me. <laughs> I think I've said it plenty of times the wrong way. Uh, Jeremias <laughs> Right? One way of putting it. <laughs> there is God no wrong, it. I assure you. <laughs> and so Danny always laughs at me whenever I whenever I say it. Or anybody else. I'm like, but it's, I think it's tricky. Daniel has his own uh, <laughs> spelling <laughs> issues, if you know what I mean. I think it's uh it's tricky because the J in in German I think German is such a like an unforgiving language to learn. Is there's so many exceptions for every rule that you can that you can think of. But it, it shouldn't be so hard to to say, yeah, yeah, me, yeah, 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 Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I just stay away from. I'll just call you Altman. Man. That's like that also better. possible. <laughs> you is also a, a good one. You, you there. <laughs> You over there. <laughs> El Gerino's left. Because that's one. Because so Gerino is with a J. You want to say El Yerino, right? I would probably also pronounce it that way. Or maybe in the more Argentinian uh, style, this Gerino. Gerino. Yeah. <laughs> but for example, like when you say... <laughs> <laughs> we need to cut it up. Gerino. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like jobs, for example. You say jobs, right? Like a job. Mm -hmm. Like but in German. In German is job. Anglicismus, though. That's an English word imported. Like Jobs. Yes. Yeah, Beruf is the same word, but that will be the German equivalent. But still, you wouldn't say jobs. Who says that? You wouldn't say that. That's yeah, what I'm you saying. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. But it's an English word. You pronounce it in okay. English. In German. Okay. Shit. <laughs> it's confusing. I don't know. Anyway, so you have these two uh, personas and you're doing art in different styles depending on the persona that you're... Yes, I would think that this uh, this uh, artist name El Gerino is really only uh, used f from me by for uh, wall paintings. 
Okay. So when it comes to painting walls and uh, especially, no, like, I think, hmm. I was also asking myself, like, where is, what is the, where is the line that definitely makes a difference? And then I thought, there is a lot of outer influence mm -hmm. always taking place the moment you paint a wall. And mm -hmm. even if you do this all by yourself and you go there with a certain expectation, you go there with a clear sketch, still you will eventually try to take in the architecture surrounding yeah. your work and the light situation that's actually taking place. So it's, it's, it's always a little bit, let's say, compromised or it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a mixture of intentions yeah. that's taking place. For sure. And I think that's for me the definition where I started to use this, uh, this artist name. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think then again, like if you paint commissioned work, it's a whole different uh, setup where you always like have other people from the outside also talking into this. Yeah. Um, and of course, you limit the amount of, uh, of uh, outside opinion that mm -hmm. you allow. Yeah. But the moment there is one that you try to uh, think about, mm -hmm. I would think that there's always uh, already something changing in your artistic approach. True. So that's yeah. what, what I would think I use this artist name for. And maybe also the technique of like spray paint um, and huge format walls. Yeah. But do you find it necessary to have these two um, names that you go under? Or do you feel like it just kind of happened naturally? Or did you... Yeah, from today's perspective, I'm not even sure if it's that necessary, but I think as a young person trying mm -hmm. to define myself, mm -hmm. uh, it was very much helpful to, to, to divide those different worlds and also like to divide those different approaches that I think for that time needed to be separated yeah. a lot. Okay. As like uh, trying to define this, this, yeah. A, a very personal sense of, of drawing might mm -hmm. be something way more intimate than something mm -hmm. that you share with uh, people already th uh, during the process once you stand outdoors mm -hmm. and paint the walls and have the spectators looking at what you do yeah. already in the first 15 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you find now that it's kind of overlapping? The it definitely did already several times and and the moment it does overlap then i question the fact that those uh, artist names separate, are also yeah. separate yeah. but i would also think that the moments they overlap it might look like oh yes and uh, all the different uh, pas passions forms of passions perfectly mm -hmm. click into each other <laughs> and form this perfectly fine right. uh, you're a gundam warrior now like you're like a voltron you get the the, the <laughs> The leg of a lion and the, the <laughs> arm of a fucking, I don't know, a tiger. It's like, it just, it all comes together and forms. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Such as the Megazord from Power Rangers. <laughs> all the different uh, characters coming Come together, together in one union. But I think those moments <laughs> that, of course, then you proudly present to the outside world. But I think those moments, at, at least from, from my personal perspective, are so rare mm -hmm. against... The, the majority of moments where you where I just feel completely ripped apart in between those different passions of mine and those different uh, yeah, topics yeah, in, yeah. In, 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 in painting, but also in uh, different techniques and different mm. passions to follow. Yeah. I understand in a way. I can't imagine having two 
egos, I guess, mm -hmm. to uh, not egos, but you know what I mean, like personas as far as art goes. Maybe but I can form a question out of this, even like to throw back at you. Throw it at me. Throw it at you. <laughs> throw right, it right throw it in my face. face. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> for example, talking about the, the, the little objects that you make for yourself, and you yeah. feel like you're sitting on the t table and then you wonder, <laughs> is it a good idea to invest all of my time into this like sculptural piece, even though I don't consider it my work, but mm -hmm. more like my hobby? Mm -hmm. So there are already some passions mm -hmm. colliding there. Yeah. Yeah. Is it something that fills you with joy <laughs> or is it something that stresses you out? It totally fills me with joy. I love yes. it, yeah. It's fun. It's fun to do. The, the, the big priority <laughs> and there is no stress involved with this decision making of what do I... Um, what do I, what do I do? present as my as, as debut hero? Is that what you mean? Like the stress of, of, of presenting this as something that... Is a deadbeat hero piece? Is that what you mean? No, I mean like like the what well, could could also be another question, but the, the main question for me is like, the, for, for me that's a, like a that's an aggressive struggle that you sometimes have to go through, mm -hmm. asking yourself like what passion of mine do I actually follow? Because you only have this very present moment that you have yeah. to completely dedicate you, yourself to this one single thing you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we were uh, like um, jokingly, of course, like. Um, embracing the fact that there is no waste of time creating yeah. a, a proton yeah, pack. Proton pack, yeah, yeah. But still, <coughs> you might end up uh, in some stressed out situations where you have to make those decisions of which direction do I actually go from, from this it, very moment. It does stress me, that particularly, just because I prepare to build something like, like one of the proton packs. If you don't know what that is, it's like from it's from Ghostbusters. It's what they use to Who bust the ghosts. Who should not know that? People don't know the name of it. They're just like it's it's totally fine. But I I made one during the pandemic, and then now I like that process. I just really fell in love with it. <clears throat> but I I have to prepare myself. I have to buy the pieces beforehand and 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 order pieces and parts and and prepare and I get to a point where I can put everything on the table and start to assemble it and that's what I, stresses me out because once I start that it's like I'm gone dude it's like I'm in that zone for a while and I'm figuring shit out and I'm having to customize stuff and change things up and it just stresses me out to start to devote the time on that when it's like ah oh, but right now I also I need to do some painting so I need to be able to juggle between both and um, yeah, that's what stressed me out. That's what you were asking. Mm. Um, and I feel like the, the, the longer I exist, it, it doesn't seem like there are a lot of passions slipping away, even though they, they very, very and occasionally do. But mm -hmm. I think it only adds up. Like you discover new techniques, new mm -hmm. things that you feel like are definitely worth your time. Mm -hmm. We were just talking some uh, minutes ago about the possibility of uh, inviting you also to a, a, wel a welding session. Yeah, yeah, yes. So then again, I, w I, I sort of uh, predict that you will uh, definitely fall for this one. <laughs> if I get into that, <laughs> I'm going to be very happy because it's something I've always wanted to do because mm. I love sculpting and working with my hands, but then working with metals and like creating figures and statues out of metal, which yeah, it's just... Because I, I love repurposing things, you mm -hmm. know? 
I, I grew up in junkyards, you know, with like scrap metal cars and I just love finding pieces and, and adding it to my bike, you know, and just like, I just, it's awesome. And so, yeah, I think I would definitely fall into this. But what does this have to do with the different uh, personalities per se? Just, I, I think the different personalities are, uh, in this particular case, representatives for different uh, passions mm-hmm. I follow. So mm-hmm. let's say I, every wall painting and everything I do in public, I call, uh, like I, I call myself Algerino while mm-hmm. doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is representative for this strain of, um, of, of, your of passions. Yeah. And then uh, the Jeremias Altman work is mm. not divided into different sections. And for everyone, I would have a different artist name. But it could also like randomly be called like the, the Young Prophecy series is mm. now done by this and this persona of mine. And it gets more and more complex. But yeah. in the end, like you, you only have this very moment where yeah. you have to decide what do I dedicate myself to. Yeah. And it gets harder and harder, I feel like, more than easier and easier. And yeah. uh, still like narrowing it down to a number of topics for myself was already such a rough process of like cutting off (laughs) as if it was cutting off legs yeah yeah uh, from the past yeah i i understand that yeah but i don't i never think like okay now i'm drawing a different set of characters um this is going to be you know rob altman you know it's like (laughs) you know what i mean i want to present it as this as this way Mm. everything i do I, i push it under a deadbeat hero but it's like there is some things like photography, for example. Like I, I'm a big fan of analog photography. I don't do it as often as I as I'd like, but I do find passion in that. And but I wouldn't present that as deadbeat hero art, mm. you know. And uh, you would already uh, face the problem. Like the moment you want to throw this out to to the world, yeah. Which name could it be? Actually, I did create an Instagram account for it already, but See? I'm not posting so much on it. It's a deadbeat photo with the F. See, yeah. it's still the dead beat franchise. Yeah, it's still that, but it's just, it's a different lane, mm-hmm. you know? So, like half a year ago, I was um, talking to Skrull, mm-hmm. who I think uh, is also, uh, on one hand, is is one of the main motivating factors for me to ever touch a spray paint mm-hmm. as a, I think, 13 and a half year old or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the benefits of growing up in one city yeah. uh, for all your life. So you um, come across those figures that sort of like uh, push you in certain directions. Yeah. And uh, we were sitting there and I was on, on one hand, we were talking about uh, this problem of uh, narrowing your interest down to this one thing that you would actually want to push through and put to the very very maximum you can eventually mm-hmm. achieve and i think he sort of did that with this uh, uh roller yeah. motive that on one hand he discovered like after the moment he discovered it you definitely see him pulling this thing through now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, i was telling him that it's so hard for myself to really like focus on this one single mm-hmm. thing as mm-hmm. there are like those numbers of themes or topics that uh fascinate me so much yeah 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 and still i managed also to number this down to a handful but Mm -hmm. still like it's not this one single brand that i could eventually market but it's like yeah it's a a number of way different uh, things that i I combine in myself and i would say the half the first half of this uh, conversation was me 
slightly complaining about those worries that I uh, once in a while get. And then uh, we were touching again the, the, the topic of printmaking and mm -hmm. me trying to uh, convince him that actually like etching would be so perfect for his uh, style and why doesn't yeah. he do editions in analog uh, printmaking media? And then he was like completely pointing it out saying like, see, that's how you get, the, you try to pull other people into the problem that you're facing there yourself. And it's true that like it's, yeah. it's uh, maybe on, in, in this moment where I try to convince you to definitely come to the printmaking studio and check this out I don't yeah. uh, picture this as a problem myself yeah. but more as a beautiful opportunity but it definitely results in the problem yeah, yeah. of having so many different passions <laughs> and trying to get them all into one life that's true but part of uh, part of an artist is trying to translate your message into different mediums so like if you can accomplish that like for example for example with scroll and doing like these line works with print medium I don't think it's going against what he does. It's just showing a different, a different way to create that same outcome. That's true. But then again, like it, boiling it down to the very moment, the moment you stand in the printmaking studio mm -hmm. and you prepare the copper plate, you're not out there painting the that's next world. And that's, that's there will always be like uh, uh, interfering with your. With yeah, your you have to balance it. Yeah, a little bit. I think it's fine though. I mean. Um, Walls are great, you know, or painting on canvas is awesome, but the more things that you can find, the more ways you can find to produce your art is, I think, more valuable in a way because who knows, you might not have the possibility to do walls anymore or, or whatever, mm -hmm. or, you know, this, then you have another skill, another avenue that you can go down and try and go that way. Or maybe you do it once and you're like, Fuck! I, why haven't I been doing this my whole life? I think I'm. You don't know that until you try it. So I, I never shy away from trying new techniques and new, um, new forms of art. You know, I think it's awesome. Maybe with all the complaining, that's the possibility of like uh, closing the circle in a very uh, positive manner. Then again. Uh, because there are also those uh, very very motivating moments where. Uh, it's also possible for me to uh, combine those different skills and to this uh, d different experiences from the past uh, and get the next step where it to m at least for the moment seems like all the puzzle pieces come together and mm -hmm. uh, make this now happen. Yeah. As I'm, for example, trying to include uh, like a, an aspect of wall painting into this exhibition uh, that's taking place on the 16th of December in Angerbrook. Oh, okay. cool. So... One trial, and then uh, thinking about hmm, what could I eventually include into this exhibition, having the possibility not only to, to to choose from canvases, but also from drawings and from prints, and maybe also having the uh, a short movie of the mm -hmm. past of this uh, precise topic being uh, shown there. So there are motivating moments, but there is also the dark and downside to it. And would this uh, exhibition be uh, a Yemia, so would it be Algerian? This will be Jeremias Altman. Okay. Every every exhibition, I would think, as the as the uh, wall painting scenario, uh, as the Algerino uh, artist name is so much uh, connected with the wall painting okay. scenario. Gotcha. I don't think that there will be exhibitions happening. When did you first start painting on walls? Do you remember? Yeah, it must be somewhere around. I, I will have to uh, do back, uh, yeah. another, <laughs> another branch there. As uh, before coming to your podcast, I was wondering like what what type of questions. Of course, I was also listening to some of the episodes uh, from from the past already, mm -hmm. and like 
what type of question could there be? <laughs> and then going back uh, <laughs> as it's such a natural question to occur, like when did you start painting? And feel like, yeah, well, will, will this maybe only be a, a huge line of... Um, of names being dropped by myself. <laughs> this has so much, uh, so heavily be connected to friendships yeah. Uh, yeah. over the, the past. So as I said, like, uh, Skrull definitely was one of the m main motivating forces for me to touch my first spray paint. Probably with, I think, 13 to 14 must be the, the time. And okay. before okay. that, I was still already, like, was yet already um, very much interested in uh, street I don't know if, if street art is the is the right mm -hmm. in in the graffiti culture. Let's call yeah, it like this. Yeah. And uh, admiring tags and uh, bombings and wondering how did it actually get there mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> and uh, trying to build adventure stories uh, in, <laughs> in my own fantasy of how can could this maybe have happened. Yeah, also, yeah. seeing the first painted train rolling by yourself i think it's a magical moment that yeah. sort of sticks to with you if yeah, you're yeah. in the in the right mindset yeah so so this was a sort of a like a, a whole mis mysterious world mm -hmm. uh, to be still <laughs> discovered and yeah that's i would think that's the time where the the wall painting scenario um, started and then probably with 16, there was the first encounter with the law that oh, uh, yeah. made me uh, <coughs> hit uh, the, the harsh reality. Yeah. And also questioning the whole uh, setup, asking myself, like, is it really necessary to, to fuck with this as it just causes so much trouble to myself? Yeah. And as a teenager, this is an, a different uh, uh, category of stress mm. than you mm. would probably look at it as an adult. Mm -hmm. But... Um, yeah, there's actually this this beautiful story how this already turned into something um, very motivating itself as I had to do social hours mm -hmm. at a monastery. And uh, yeah, bullshit type of works and cleaning the inner yard and uh, like uh, helping them restoring the monastery kitchen mm -hmm. for 30 hours. And then after this being done, the... the I don't know any of those technical terms. The, the chief priest mm -hmm. of the monastery, however, yeah. <laughs> the guy, the head priest, the, the head, head priest, the head priest. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the the priest director <laughs> <laughs> called me into his office and uh, said that they are so pleased with how well I uh, integrated myself and uh, mm -hmm. really work with them, as they usually have those like super anarchic mm -hmm. uh, teenagers that even go against all their needs. Uh, so he is willing to uh, offer me uh, some sort of help from their side. Is there anything that I could need from them? Mm -hmm. And I have never ever uh, like uh, taken one hour of uh, religious class in school. Mm -hmm. So I was mm -hmm. completely cut out of that already as a decision of my parents, but then also as a decision of myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, still I wondered if it's possible to maybe have the possibility of moving over to the church next door and touching this church organ. And he's like, well, you know, it really needs like a certain sorts of um, requirements mm -hmm. that you would have to have uh, church-wise. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so they were uh, having this little <laughs> um, talk within the monks and, mm -hmm. the, and the guys working there uh, to, to figure out if it's if it, if it maybe could be taking place, so I had my half an hour of uh, completely rocking wow. every, everything out of this 
uh, instrument, wow. which was uh, like such an important point on my life checklist. <laughs> and then uh, like walking out of the monastery, like, think it pays off in the very <laughs> end so even though it causes a lot of trouble but yeah. in the end you get to do things that you uh, wow. wished for for such a long time amazing sounded like uh, like English. the beginning of Freebird. is that the hell it sounded like the you remember you know, remember the beginning of Freebird, but it's just all the organ you know it's like nee, 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 i can't even do it and <laughs> it's like hard to sing though. i can't just imagine you just like if i came here tomorrow <laughs> Like, what the hell's going on? And this world you cannot change. Unfortunately, I was only able to play some bits of the Matrix uh, movie soundtrack <laughs> and some jazzy uh, chord progressions. So yeah. the people, first you could uh, hear them, like, uh, how do you say this? Like, <coughs> um, yeah, clearing the throat. Clearing the throat and yeah. then, uh, like, really uh, altogether leaving the... <laughs> church building <laughs> as this is not the the this program not, they signed is, up yeah this is not the right music for this place. Mm. it's the house of god yeah what are you doing well i changed it up yeah, but that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that was the the very um first chapter of this whole mm. adventure trip nice. and from that on it again grew very friendship connected so mm -hmm. i think if wall painting would have been something that i would only have been doing by myself i probably wouldn't have uh, stick to this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, for such a long time but then again i always sort of like slipped into constellations in which i felt like this is such a genius medium to work in as collaboration mm -hmm. is so much easier than you mm -hmm. would uh, do in any other medium you have all this space around you and mm -hmm. you can like on the fly make things connect yeah maybe that's also what uh, made this machine uh, topic for wall painting for me so attractive as mm -hmm. machines always need something in relation to them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To, to interact with to really like be noticeable as a as some that's function mm. yeah machines are you can make them how you want nobody can say it's it's wrong right so mm -hmm. i mean you can make a box with some buttons and whatever and nobody could say like oh that's not how it should look like no motherfucker that's a that's a machine i made you know it's like and that makes you very <coughs> flexible in how you adapt to the very uh, situation that you paint in and especially to to connect with people that you collaborate with true true I could I could maybe uh, try to to f force you more in this idea of like which artistic practice you would have to come uh, out with mm -hmm. that requires more than the uh, graffiti pseudonym that you're using at the very moment. So so that would require I, I me to to have another persona or use my actual name. You mean? Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know. I think it would have to be something that's not illustrative. You know, like. But there's already that bit photo, which is not illustrative but photographic, and it still managed to force it into this. <laughs> I know. What does it take? I don't know because I don't see the f the photography for me is an art form, but it's also. I don't f consider myself a photographer. You know, it's not. Um, I did take classes in 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 high school and learn how to develop the film also that I really enjoyed it a lot you know but I don't consider myself a photographer because I don't understand it well enough I think I think that I 
I like to take a photo. I like to see what the end result is from the photo. I, I can't tell from what I'm taking a picture of or how I have the settings or if it's an analog camera, like if it's the right lighting, if I'm using the right film. <clears throat> I can't already tell like how it's going to turn out in the end, but that's what I like about it. I like mm -hmm. that I can just take this expired film that I found somewhere, put it in the camera, go out and just shoot some random shit. And then I like it if it's fucked up a little bit, that it's distressed or if it's like, I'm no, I, I don't have the, the knowledge to know if I'm doing it correctly, but I just want, I like that the end result is kind of a mystery to me, I guess, mm. you know? And that's what I like about analog film. And also I got really into super eight, um, filming. I've done some Super 8 films. I've I bought, I had like t at one time 12 different Super 8 cameras nice. and four different um, Super 8 projectors. And I took a, a Super 8 workshop and all that stuff. And Are you I, still in search of equipment? I have too much equipment. Okay. Why, do you have something? Mm -hmm. What do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I think I have two cameras uh, and two projectors. What kind of cameras do you have? I don't know the technical okay. terms. We can you talk about it later. Yeah. But like I have, I had a bunch of cameras at one time and I ended up selling like 80% of, or more, I guess. I kept like one or two cameras. But I like to do that because I don't know what the end result will be. So when I send that, now that, that eight millimeter film out to get developed and brought back, is it too dark? Is it too light? I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know. I just, mm. if it's, If it's weird and it looks grainy and cool, then I'm happy. But if it's not, I don't know. But I like analog because it's it's a lot less, um, you know, with the new digital stuff, you really have to like have the iOS settings correctly and have the right lens and all that shit. It's like I don't I don't want to deal with all that shit really. I don't I just that doesn't interest me. The technique I've tried to get into it, and I just my mind doesn't grasp it. It's just like dude, just grab this fucking old Kodak camera. And, I have old um, Instamatic cameras that I bought at the flea market for two euros, and they don't even make the, the film for it anymore. So I had bought like a 3D printed film canister that you can roll the own, your own film into it, and I use that, and I take photos with that, and it's just, it's fun. But that would be what I would do under another persona, but mm -hmm. it's nothing that I want to, I don't see myself pursuing it because I don't see that it's valuable, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, uh, for other people, just to me. Mm -hmm. Does this make sense? It makes sense, but, like, we probably won't be able to use this for the podcast interview, but uh, <laughs> as we were, uh, in the first place, searching for something that we disagree on, mm -hmm. I was now, like, heavily after uh, everything you said, trying to analyze where it could be possible for me to completely disagree <laughs> with you. And I would, uh, I did find a possible spot to okay. completely jump in there. Um, and that's you saying, uh, like, you don't know enough in order to, uh, to, to feel like you have enough control and uh, call this your artistic practice. Mm -hmm. And then I wonder, where do you draw the line? Like, how can you ever know enough, for example, about oil painting mm -hmm. to, be, to feel yourself in the position of putting this out to other people? And isn't it maybe the case <laughs> that each time in art history the avant-garde made a new step out of the already uh, existing tradition mm -hmm. with some sort of, like, not knowing exactly some about the medium? Some naiveness to it. 
yeah. maybe naiveness, but also like uh, hacking the process. And mm -hmm. when you say that you put there some expired film, you're not the per first person doing that, but you already give away a lot of uh, control there on purpose mm -hmm. and, and consciously. So it's not you wanting to completely master every little factor about the medium, but you want to gain this sort of uh, randomness yeah. that uh, enriches the actual outcome. And how yeah. can this not be something interesting as a result? I think for me it's interesting, but I think for others, like, for example, I don't see myself, like, collecting um, and, and creating an exhibition from it. I don't think anybody would, would give a shit about it, you mm. know. I don't know. I mean, I'm not into the, I'm not in the, the, photo, the photography community. I know there's a big one, but I think I would be totally, I don't think I would be able to show that to, I don't know if they would, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just not something that I felt like I could really pursue. I always did it for myself, so, but maybe you are correct no, 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 don't give in too fast. No, but I'm, but We've I'm, lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't I just don't see it as like a as an as a, as an art form in, in the sense that I create it. I mm. think the way that I create it is more of a like let let me throw a whole bunch of shit in its blender and mix it up and I'm gonna serve it to you and see what it tastes like. Like I'm not I'm not putting any more thought into it than just like I'm just shaking shit up to see what what happens, you know. And I, but is that art? I don't, I don't know if I could call that art. I think I would call that more like just curiosity. I think you know what I mean. I mean, what do you think? I would think that uh, curiosity is one main ingredient for great artworks to be created. On one hand. True. But then yeah. on the other hand, it's such a, and that's where I also destroy our um, <coughs> disagreement, <laughs> as it's such a subjective thing of where you actually feel like you put your mind and soul uh, into and what you want to represent with your, uh, with your name or your artist name. That's true. And then again, as I said, like, I spend a lot of time um, making music no one probably will ever hear, and mm -hmm. that's, the, that's some, some private pleasure that yeah, I keep yeah, yeah. for myself. And I think it's definitely more than okay to have a number of private pleasures that mm. don't have to hit the very uh, um, out, outer world. Mm -hmm. But uh, <coughs> still, I think on some points, and that's something that, that I also have to accept as some feedback once someone hears me making music. Mm -hmm. like, Why don't you ever play this to people? Isn't yeah. this such a waste? And maybe it is. <laughs> and maybe we just lack this little bit of confidence where sure. also this part of our passion is worth showing. That's true. That's true. But I don't... I think it's also something about having something for yourself, you know, that's like... Um, it's maybe somewhere down the line somebody discovers it and be like, I didn't know he did photography. I didn't know he did music. Wow, this is actually pretty good. And it's like, yeah, this was... this like on the side kind of another way to to express yourself or oneself. But there's always ways that you can combine that later with your persona, for example, if you want to combine music with your ultimate personality in an exhibition, or you have a painting and somebody puts on the headphones and listens to the song, then you combine it instantly. And I could do photo, analog photos and put uh, like a, 
a helmet on on the street and just have somebody take a photo of me from across the street standing at a red light, you know, and then it's combined. It's like, is that deadbeat hero? Is that, you know, is it dead something else? I don't know. <laughs> I can see it being necessary maybe if you don't want to taint your name in a way. If you want to try something else and put it out there, but you don't want to confuse people who are following the other name. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I don't put the photos on, on my Debbie Hero site, and I don't really... I don't, I've never posted the Proton Pack, on, and this only in the stories, but I never put it as, like a, as a post because I'm not a prop builder, you know? Mm. I'm, even though I, I totally admire prop builders, and I think it's... <laughs> I, if I had any job in this world, it would be, like, building props for for some for like theater or for like movies or unless it was like a specific <laughs> piece from one of my robots it's a this is a movie prop it's different so i'm not mm. going to post that on that so yeah i think we agree to disagree yes <laughs> we do but maybe this uh, comes out in a fist fight this conversation <laughs> is not over yeah still have a lot of talking oh, to do no man the titanium talking now. Oh yes, titanium. It's very, talks very aggressive. It's very <laughs> aggressive. You were so soft before, but now you got that hard, that turtle shell. Yeah, of you titanium. triggered me with this Croatian beer. <laughs> you shouldn't have given it. It's coming out, man. Mm-hmm. Watch out for all this flat surface floor I have. Oh, oh okay. I see what you prepared there. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. I, is there anything else you want to talk about before we sign it off? Not necessarily. I think we should uh, promise to the world that we will uh, continue with another collaborational painting next yes, spring. Yes, definitely. I think that's, uh, without saying, that's going to happen. And I'll be by the... We, we're going to have to do this welding thing, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, some part that I maybe should have given more, uh, m- more space mm-hmm. uh, uh, while talking is the fact that uh, I've been so much uh, uplifted by collaborations in mm-hmm, the past mm-hmm. and I'm also like that's that's what another um, goal uh, I want to um, push myself for the future to give more credit to all those uh, people uh, motivating me mm-hmm. in the past for for uh, yeah c- coming up with with different projects mm-hmm. and uh, maybe if it didn't happen in this podcast uh, too much, but it's something that I um, definitely need to uh, address mm-hmm, more. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that uh, even though there have been some some um, tiny or bigger uh, successes being possible on the way, I think um, n- nothing ever happens without this group effort behind the behind the true. surface. It's true. Yeah, it's it's so valuable to have uh, this kind of push, I guess, or this kind of uh, collaboration that you can that kind of motivates you to the next step. And know? even if it's some sort of uh, indirect support that you receive there, and it's mm-hmm. not necessarily a person that you directly c- collaborate with, but another person just mm-hmm. like keeping your back, uh, how do you call it? like su- su- support you from yeah, the, yeah, from to hold hold you up a little bit, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. But I know we didn't really touch on it too much, but I think it would be too... That's a, that's a whole other... But you've collaborated with so many different artists and you've done some really great walls that I've seen in, in 
the, the few years that I've been here, you know, so it's it's really cool to uh, to talk to you about that. I was trying to think of um, some of the walls that stood out most, like the one that, um, you know, of course, the video owner and, and Skre at the at the V Museum was an awesome, mm-hmm. awesome wall. You guys were, like, um, commissioned for this one, kind of, like, for this one, right? One name that I definitely need to drop uh, when it comes to collaboration, it's Norbert Wapnik or Stone One, the mm-hmm. person I've mostly collaborated with on uh, the Wiener Gemeindebauten. We mm-hmm. have been commissioned together the first time in 2014 mm-hmm. and continuously, year after year, have been getting some other bigger outside commission uh, yeah, from the awesome. city of Vienna. Yeah. And another, another project that never would have happened in this sort of way without this friendship uh, in the background mm-hmm. of it. So... Yeah, in every and the same with this uh, Jeremias Altman project. Even though not everything is primarily a collaboration, but I would think that uh, it's a lot about friendships mm-hmm. in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, is, are you working as a self-employed artist? Like, are, are you okay? So, do you find yourself making more? He shook his head yes, by the way. If I might. Okay. Yeah, yes. yes, yes, I do. It's a podcast, man. You gotta <laughs> use your <Sorry>. words. <laughs> All the gestures of the past, I mean, <laughs> shit, yes, they cannot hear it. I did all those funny faces. They were never here. Um, <laughs> but do you, feel, do you find yourself having more success money-wise with, uh, with Altman or with uh, El Gerino? Yeah, it's it's a balance that sometimes slips in this or that direction. All in all over general, I would think that uh, wall painting has been more um, financially beneficial mm-hmm. than the than painting canvases or doing prints. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a back and forth, and I think it's o- always very much uh, relative related uh, to the amount of energy I put into this or that, and that's mm-hmm. again. The question of being ripped <laughs> apart in between passions. Yeah, true. But do you um, do you actively search for um, for commission works or for walls, t- or is, are people coming to you for this? And are they and if they do come to you, are they asking you specifically for your style, mm-hmm. or are they coming to you because you're just you know how to handle a spray can, for example? I think that's something that I just like. Uh, managed to completely master only in the last uh, few years of compl- like turning everything down that does not specifically ask for my style but mm-hmm. only for uh, for the uh, control of spray yeah i or let's say we don't promote this uh, wall painting uh, any anymore okay so Luckily, after the first bigger walls have been painted, this mm-hmm. sort of got its own dynamic. And oh, okay. after the next one is being done, there will be the next people asking uh, for a wall that maybe could be happening there and there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's like, even though this was stressing me out so much in the very beginning mm-hmm. of like, oh, how do I not lose this possible commission there? And maybe, okay, okay, maybe I can bend myself over to be able to paint this and that scenario, even though I don't really appreciate it so much. So in the very first years of uh, coming across, it was such a struggle of sometimes really not being the fitting one for a job. But now I feel like it's actually something uplifting once you come across jobs that are definitely not meant for yourself and Mm -hmm. having the confidence of saying like, no, that's that's not for me. I can suggest you someone to do this, but that's not my job. Yeah, it's something that I actually started to enjoy a lot. It has to be fun for me. You know, I, I didn't like. I didn't take this route to to make 
a shitload of money. I took this route in my life to enjoy because in the end, like we were talking about earlier about like nothing's really guaranteed in life. And if I die tomorrow, I want to, you know, have that spray can in my hand, you know, like I want to be like, I, I died like doing what I love to do. I didn't like give in to like, just to get a quick buck, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's hard, but it's, yeah, this is how it goes. But do you have anything to say about that? This would be some very wise and beautiful words. I would be uh, perfectly confirming or perfectly agreeing of ending this with. <laughs> but like still, if you come up with another question, I'm perfectly up for this. But if we, if we would want to end it with this, I'm also absolutely fine. Yeah, I, I think... Um, But was there any a time? Was there ever a time in your in your artistic career where you're just like, uh, you know, I could actually get a job right mm -hmm. now, you know, make some just to make some money, you know, and like I could still do the art, but like, uh, has it ever came up in your in your career, and and how did you work through that? I would think that uh, so. Again, a super privileged thing uh, to say, but I like. I'm very, very unexperienced when it comes to work that mm -hmm. is uh, completely art unrelated. Okay. So, um, I have been giving, for example, drawing classes at the Kunsthistorisches Museum, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. I've been taken, like, where I've taken school classes from mm -hmm. the age of 12 to 22 mm -hmm. through the painting gallery and we were mm -hmm. just sitting there talking about the paintings and drawing. Mm -hmm. Is this my personal artistic practice? No. Mm -hmm. Is it still art-related mm -hmm. and uh, pays the rent mm -hmm. back in the days? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so this, I think, was the furthest I went from um, my own artistic um, production mm -hmm. to to having a regular job, whatever yeah, yeah, you yeah. want to call this. Um, the very, very few experiments I made, and that was a, as a teenager, not even, or maybe like right after uh, finishing high school, of how could real... And, I, and I also, I disagree with this, with this diversion into real jobs. No disagreeing, no disagreeing. Okay. We can't, okay. no more disagreeing. Or maybe fist fights <laughs> right <laughs> away. <laughs> <laughs> titanium back is back yes um, yeah sorry you disagree with uh, yeah I, we shouldn't and we both we shouldn't uh, make this uh, this this di division into uh, real work and mm. artistic work mm. as mm. we know that it is real work but mm. it's like in a different spectrum yeah, of, of, course, the, yeah. of reality so um, those let's call them regular jobs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes so those <laughs> You did not even did do the division. It was me. So, so, <laughs> but did. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree with myself. Yes. I'm going to kick my own ass. Mm. <laughs> Time for it right now. <laughs> so regular... Uh, uh, the, the very few experiments I've made with regular jobs have been a total disaster mm -hmm. within very, very uh, little hours of trying it. Okay. And uh, I think I never had the, the, this, uh, this, this moment of uh, doubt where I was thinking, why don't I do a regular job? Because this would be such a, a way easier way of doing. But what I can say is, and that's something that I actually get to talk about quite a lot, as people, um, especially from outside of the art world, uh, 
come up with this very standard question of like, oh fuck, how do you actually survive this? Mm. And isn't it super hard for one month after the other, just mm. hoping for the next project to occur? Mm. And I would think that yes, but that's actually the the one thing that you have to get your head around or get mm. past. Mm-hmm. Like the the moment you build up this 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 trust into your skills, mm-hmm. you sort of Above, like uh, above it, above the hill already, mm-hmm. or how do you call it? Like yeah, um, over the hill, over the hill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then you're already over the hill. So I find the most uh, um, exhausting factor of becoming a, s- uh, a self-employed artist, I would think, is this time that you need to build up this confidence of mm-hmm. knowing it's going to work out somehow. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. have n- absolutely no clue or no idea how this is going to happen this time, especially mm-hmm. after the pandemic and yeah, after yeah. all those blah, blah, blah. But I think the first two years of building that trust was the heaviest thing to to get managed. Mm-hmm. And after knowing that it always works out somehow, mm-hmm. you sort of lean into this. Yeah, or yeah, just the, be aware the of the fact that you spent so much, so many hours in in learning different crafts and mm-hmm. skills mm-hmm. and uh, approaches yeah. that it has to be for something and there yeah, will yeah. be the po- perfect possibility of uh, sh- showing it. Yeah, yeah. And I also think about when you did the, um, was it a residency where you had this big hall where you were painting in for a while? Remember? That's exactly the, 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 the space where I will be now able to exhibit the work that was done one year uh, ago that, in this that, space. That's awesome. Does it look any different to you now, looking a year back? I mean, does the art? how does the art feel to you looking this far back from that? I mean, it's not that far, but... It's crazy because some pieces of work that will be exhibited in this particular exhibition, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the work that I did one year ago still has not been exhibited in the meanwhile. Mm. And that's on one hand due to pandemic, but also yeah. due to personal crisis that yeah. I just like... Uh, yeah, what happened? Sort of I'm just kidding. <laughs> Could you ask? <laughs> so do you have any sort of slippery floor around so I can reenact what it... No, please don't. Yeah, I don't. So, so, so that's from this... Uh, res- it was a residency, right? Yes, and yeah. it was it was uh, a year ago, and there have been uh, big format uh, paintings being done that will now be exhibited one year after, and cool. they don't feel that uh, d- dated. That, yeah, that outdated. But also, strangely enough, as uh, Istam Lenek, who also invited me to work in this room in the first mm-hmm. place, will mm-hmm. also curate the show right now. And she asked me, like going through the archives, if I could also show her part of the series that have been uh, like way longer ago. And I ended up pulling out prints that I did not even before going to uh, Angewandte University, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but before that uh, in art school. And some of those prints are from 2009. Oh, wow. So that's that's quite a while ago. Oh, wow. And then she actually decided for some of those uh, prints to end up in this in this show that we're now uh, putting together in December. Crazy. So this will be qu- quite some time traveling happening there already. <laughs> and uh, still something I haven't made my, up my mind perfectly well. Like where is there actually this category of outdated work? The mm. moment you uh, feel confident enough to show it, and it's mm-hmm. still present on the archive of the of my website. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel obviously confident enough for mm-hmm. putting it out. Keep showing it, yeah. Um, would I not want to uh, show it to another audience that has not uh, seen it so far? And of course, I think that's, again, a little bit of this market that makes it into everyday psychology, yeah. saying like something that you have done four years ago is mm-hmm. not uh, interesting now anymore. But yeah. then again, count the people that have seen it since yeah, then. Yeah, true, true. Hmm. I feel like that's that's something, yeah. That's some learning 
Good. That's happening <laughs> at the very moment. Yeah. <laughs> right now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> right now and also some days before. Awesome. I'm happy <laughs> about that. Yeah. We learned a lot today. I um, learned a lot about Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's always interesting um, whenever we have a conversation. Yeah, we've talked before and drunken nights and... So many things we haven't touched. For example, um, okay. motorbikes, the whole, the whole, like, well, we have sort of touched it with Rudy. We did talk about Rudy, yeah. He did a great quote from him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if the translation really worked out. No, it did. It, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. Hmm. But yeah, motorbikes can be for the for the mo for my other podcast, motorbike with with dead deadbeat beat motorbikes. Dead, <laughs> dead beat bike. <laughs> deadbeat bike. So deadbeat biker. Deadbeat biker. <clears throat> nice. So we wrap it up then. Yes. Let's put a bow on it. That's I think that's quite a quite an amount of time. You might want to cut something. I will cut this part right now. Mm. <laughs> Was <laughs> there anything else? something in between. I don't know. <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? No, discuss? it's been a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. It has been an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. And it's been... Um, I'm glad we were able to finally make it happen. Yes. And um, yeah, I'm glad that my neighbor told me about you. And I'm pretty sure that it would have taken one and a half more months so we would have bumped into each other as somehow the Viennese scene is not big enough to, to yeah. come uh, especially since we're doing both doing mechanical robotic stuff but somehow we missed each other in the beginning but now we would have started to write each other Instagram fanboy messages for sure <laughs> you, want to, you want to collaborate on that piece maybe <laughs> hey this is so cool where do you buy your spray paint <laughs> uh, how much is a spray paint <laughs> <laughs> all the frequently asked questions <laughs> yeah so yeah that was uh, really nice man really cool and I wish you all the best with your recovery thank you so much and uh, your upcoming exhibitions which everybody has to go check out. Um, do you want to plug your Instagram or website before we sign off? Instagram is at Eldrino. Mm -hmm. And then there's the same with Jeremias Altman. At Jeremias Altman in one uh, word. Okay. Just and in case. Do you, have a, do you have a website on the interwebs? That's the same with JeremiasAltman.net. .net. .net. Okay, so that's the important part. Okay. Be like .at, .com. Well, <laughs> still most of my, like, don't expect me to be too big on social media as most of my life uh, still happens analog and I tend to keep it that way. I admire that. I admire that quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know if, if, if it helps you, but I, I admire it the other way around as well. Yeah. Like people are very much into uh, the digital world and not, even, not only into it, but also like uh, capable of it. handling it yeah, in yeah. a very efficient way. Yeah, this is this is. If you're able to master that wizardry, then you are, mm. um, yeah, you're on top of the yeah, game. I would stick to my dinosaur world, uh, <laughs> consisting of rusty metal parts and shiny coppery surfaces. That's right. Let's let's weld it together, man. Mm. Looking forward to it. High five. High five for the welding machine. For the welding. <laughs> that was a titanium. Uh, Did you feel high the titanium five? I felt force? it like it was a shock somehow. I don't know yes. why it went through. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I always get those traumatized stares after I touch yeah, people. Oh, like the shock. It's okay. I can handle it. I can Perfect. handle it. 
Cool, man. Well, thank you again so much. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, we'll see each other at the next exhibition and uh, the next, I don't know, when I go to your studio. We'll see each other again soon. Let's just put it that we way. We will definitely do that. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Ciao. Bye.